When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Did you hear about the guy that was born with with five reproductive organs? Uh, excuse me? Yeah, five. Five. I, I actually, I, I met the guy once. I said... How on earth do your pants fit? He said, like a glove. <sighs> Fun fact, I'm not wearing any pants right now. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Let me talk to you. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam. How you doing today? What? Shaking my bacon. Oh, not too much. Not too much. I have had a, a, a very eventful week. Cam, how's it been going at the homestead? Uh, doing well. The, uh, the garden is coming right along. We are seeing the first real signs of, uh, of produce out in the garden. And then uh, right before the show kicked off, my internet decided to take a big old dump. So I'm currently laying in bed doing this call from my phone. Love it. Love it. We are, we are all collectively in bed with Cam. Hey. All right. <laughs> Back off, Alex. I'm married, sir. Well, uh, well, well, Cam. Um, not not to to my own horn here this much, but I got to do something pretty cool this week. Indeed, you did. So let let's let's not beat around the bush, man. Let's dive into this. Yes, this was this was one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. Uh, Nathan Strauss is a a guy that uh, that calls games for the Augusta Green Jackets, the Atlanta Braves Single A affiliate, um, down right there on the Savannah River uh, on on the South Carolina side, actually. Um, and he hit me up on Twitter and sent me a, a DM and, and invited me down to join him on a broadcast. Now, now I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. I, I was, I don't, I didn't know if that was like, he wants to talk to me for five minutes or he wants me to do nine innings of color or anything in between. I had no idea. 
And I asked him that and he said, oh, well, what, whatever you feel like doing. Like, all right, well, well, cool. Cool. Uh, so, so I went down there and did nine innings of color commentary on a, on a minor league baseball game. Hey, 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 you also did a half inning of play-by-play, sir. I did do a half inning of play-by-play. And I have, let me tell you, Cam, um, I, I, I already had a, a world of respect for broadcasters. Um, that, that has been amplified uh to to an extreme extent (laughs) i i like i feel as though i understand baseball information very well and and can probably interpret it quicker than the average person um but when there is a microphone in your face and the stuff is happening live in front of you it's not that easy and there are no do-overs. There are no do-overs. There are like, no do-overs. Oh, and uh, it, no, nowhere during the broadcast was this more evident than than that little bit of time where he ran ran off to get some food and and I covered play-by-play because I, you know I had I had every bit of information on the table in front of me, all sorts of, of printouts. They did a, a fantastic job of of preparing everybody in there. Um, but trying to flip through that in time, like, uh, I, 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 unfortunately I don't watch, uh, single a baseball regularly. So I don't know all of these players. I did my best to read up on them a little bit before I got down there, but man, that was, uh, like, I, I remember there was a, a fly ball to right field and I'm like, and I, I knew the batter's name. So I said, so-and-so hits it's a high fly ball to right field. And then I start scrambling around the papers to find the guy's name who's playing right field. And by the time I, I look up, uh, the ball's already caught. So I just wind up going, and he's out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the brotherhood, sir. That was, that was, it was really something else. But like the best part of it was, I mean, uh, Nathan, Nathan, he's 23. He just graduated from, from UMass actually. Jesus. Um, this is his, this is his first gig um, aside from, uh, from all the stuff he did uh, at UMass, which was fairly extensive, I must say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, you know, a kid uh, knew my Twitter account went, came and found it, knew how goofy I was going into it. So when I got there, he wanted to do bits so then, oh, we, rules. then we started having some fun. Um, the, the best part was I, I put up on Twitter. Some of you may have seen it. There was uh, where I was requesting random words and phrases uh, to be included in the broadcast. And, and getting to do that in an interactive way with people on Twitter was so much fun. I, uh, I, 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 I had a blast. And it, and it sounded that way too, you know, it's, I know that you had plenty of nerves, I'm sure on your side of things. (laughs) So, but, but you sounded great and, you know, you did a great job and you could tell you were having fun with it. Let me ask you this, just from like a behind the scenes sort of thing, how did, how, how did you know that you were about to come on air? Like, did you have live commercial playing in your, did you get an intro? Because from the app that I was using initially to listen into you guys, it like instantly just cut to Nathan going, 
And we welcome you to the Augusta Green Jackets pregame show. Oh, no. That was it. Oh, really? There was, there was. <laughs> it was, a, so it was tap in and start talking. Okay. 100%. And, and, and I mean, all the credit in the world to Nathan, uh, dude rolled up there with his backpack, unpacked two computers, got, to, got two headsets set up. Um, we, we chatted for about five minutes and we were off. Like they were, we were just going. Nice. Nice. I, I think by the time I realized we were actually on the air, he was throwing it to me to introduce myself. Well, and uh, you know, I've I, I do baseball primarily by myself. I've had a couple of folks just you know, pop in now and then with me and, and that sort of thing. But when I do football, of course, I've got somebody with me. And typically for football, at least, I'm on color and I have a play-by-play guy that I that I work under. Well, there's been a, a couple of instances where he's out of town, so I take over play-by-play duties for the week and I usually bring somebody on to do color with me. And I always tell him, like, look, if you can get through the opening segment, you'll be fine. Once you get past that initial, you know, two to three minutes of talking on air for the very first time, when you go to that first commercial break and you exhale, you're good. The the one thing that, and Cam, I think you pointed this out to me a little bit when you said I was talking really quickly at first, but the, the timing of it is, a, it, it, it takes a second to catch up to. Um, oh, if yeah. It's, if it's your first time doing color like it was for me. Um, so especially now with the pitch clock, there is such an abbreviated window of time for a color guy to get words in. Right. Um, and, and I knew that if I didn't hit that window, that I kind of just had to stay silent until the next play. Right. And, and that's, that's the biggest reason that I do my game solo is because as fast as minor league and now major league baseball are, High school, even without a pitch clock, is insanely faster. And so we tried having a color guy with me the first two games I ever did five years ago. And we quickly found out that, yeah, there's there's no time for this. And so that's when I started going solo. But, yeah, it, the game itself, it, it's it's so funny. The game itself can move incredibly fast, but I have found that – everything works better when you slow down a little bit, you know, because as a commentator, you're, you're painting the scene of what is happening. It's one thing that as a play happens, you say, okay, that's hit out to the shortstop Smith. He quickly throws over safe, you know, that sort of thing to play, play it as it happens. But in the in-between in those moments, that's when you slow down. That's when you try to pontificate or elaborate a little bit more. Um, and, you know, and that, that stuff just comes with time. But, like, for your first time, dude, you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was – it was one of the coolest things I've ever had the chance to do. And and, and also my dad got to come down there with me and, and yeah enjoy that part of it too. So it was, it was really a, a, a special day for, for us. This, so did you uh did you get to check out the facilities or anything while you were there or? so the, um I, i've gotta say their park is absolutely beautiful um I, from I, what i could see on tv i was very impressed yeah yeah like every i mean they built the thing in 2018 they said 
Um, so it, so it is, it, it is fairly new and they've built up a whole area uh, around it as well. Um, kind of a, a miniature battery, if you will. But um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. I was super impressed um, on par with, uh, with any of the double or triple a ballparks that I, I've been to in the past. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I don't know how I, he, he has extended me an invite to come back down there. Um, and I'm probably going to, I'm, I'm going to try to take it. Uh, Augusta is a, is a quite a long day trip, so, uh, it can get a little pricey, but we will see. Um, and I am, I, I, I want to go back to Augusta. Want, like, you've uh, you've gotten the bug. I'll I've got I've got the itch. Yeah, I, I totally get it because man, at at least three or four times a season, I swear there are some nights where I look up and I'm like, man, I kind of wish I did this every night for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, it's that that's not in the cards for for all of us, unfortunately, but. But just the opportunity to do what what we can within this is amazing. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've always – don't get me wrong. Like, and, and this is not me tooting my own horn or trying to, you know, like over-exaggerate the job that I do. But, Toot that you know, horn, son. Well, you know, it, it does happen where whenever I see people at games or things like that, you know, obviously I get asked from now and, now and then, like, you know, so you think you're gonna you think you're gonna go somewhere else one day and do this? And and, and my answer is always this: that if 30, 40 years from now, if I'm still the local voice of high school baseball here in my hometown on radio, I will be perfectly fine with that. And that's that's exactly. But if something else comes along, right? That and that's yeah. exactly what I told my dad after the broadcast. I'm like, I'm like, look, if if. You know, if baseball was was abolished today, like at least there was that. That was that was something I can stand on forever. Exactly, exactly. And of course, I forgot to mention when when I was asking for uh, for things to say. Uh, of course, friend of the show Jeff Donahue has to uh, has to chime in. And uh, and remind me not to say the words Negro League Museum. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, <laughs> uh, mistakes were made. Oh man! Um, so so you may may have heard there was an Oakland Athletics broadcaster uh, who just so happened the day before I was going on to my first color commentary broadcast. <laughs> to have quite possibly the worst word slip in the history of word slips. Yeah, uh, there's like, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the things that you can't say, that's... Uh, that's that's really high, high up there. That, 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 that might be at the top. You can't... Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he got the first word of the museum wrong, and, and I'll just leave it at that, but... Um, Goodness gracious! I uh, I made sure to tell uh, tell Nathan that I would not be uh, referencing that museum in any way, shape, or form during the broadcast. Uh, yeah, that was probably a smart move. Smart move. Smart move. <laughs> what else has happened this week? Uh, 
well, uh, we've had some drama in the booth. How about some drama in the clubhouse with uh, with the Cardinals? Ooh, yes, I love Cardinals drama. Do tell. Well, you know they're, they're uh, the Cardinals not good, not good this year. No, they suck, place. and it's great. Yeah, uh, you know, for all the years that they've had Devil Magic paying off for them, I think. I think old Lucifer's finally knocking at the door to collect his due because uh, anything that can go wrong for the Cardinals this year seems to be going wrong. For one, they're in the basement of the NL Central when they were expected to win that division. And, and, and then, can't remind me, is the NL Central good? Uh, no. Oh, okay, gotcha. The NL Central is bottom of the barrel uh, along with the AL Central. And so I don't even know what, what's, what's below the bottom of the barrel. Oh God, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. We can leave it at the bottom of the barrel though. Uh, that's, that's well-deserved for St. Louis. And so then with the Cardinals, you also have the drama of, of, of Wilson Contreras and the whole idea of he's your big off-season signing. And then there's the rumor that certain pitchers on staff don't like him, don't like working with them. So now they talk about moving him to the outfield and they're not moving him to the outfield. And then Jack Flaherty, you know, his fastball is losing, losing double digit miles an hour over the past couple of seasons. He gets asked about it, tells the reporter that they don't know the art of baseball. Meanwhile, he's rocking a six plus ERA. There's just so much going on here. <laughs> Everything's uh, nothing's coming up roses for the, uh, for the Cardinals. And I couldn't be happier to report it. Their manager is totally going to get fired, right? Isn't he like younger than me? He very well may be, and that's, I don't mean that as, and I don't mean that as that, a joke. That, that's I, not even like self-deprecating. I'm old joke. Like I, he should like no one younger than me should manage a major league baseball team. Like it, it may actually be a factual statement. I think it is. Ugh. Um, yeah. So you got all that going on, and then of course a bit of a sad note. Um, unfortunately, this past week, uh, Oakland A's legend uh, Vita Blue passed away. I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you here, Cam. I'm going to defer to you on this one. I don't I I, I know of him. Um, I know he was a great pitcher. I don't know the ins and outs of Vita Blue though. Well, so, you know, Vita really hit his stride during the the swinging A's period of Oakland. Um, he he won. He was part of those three straight World Series champion teams. Uh, he had notable public battles with the owner Charlie Finley, and was just like an all around like kind of a colorful character of his time like you know he, he didn't have his last name across the back of his jersey he had his first name which i feel like is an insanely badass thing to do yeah that's a it's a it's a very soccer thing to do yeah yeah it's very cool um he retired with a record of 209 161 an era of 327 and retired with almost just shy of 2200 strikeouts that's that's a damn fine career. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he debuted in 1969 and retired in 1986. So, um, of course, you know, he did have some off-field uh, issues during his playing career and then a few after. But, you know, everything you heard this week, whether it was from uh, from folks with the athletics organization or Giants or even the Royals who, who paid a nice tribute to him this week, um, you know, all they said was that he was just the nicest guy, a very, uh, a very 
funny, well-spirited kind of guy. Uh, was also apparently a really good trash talker in person if he knew you well enough. But, uh, but you know, just one of those, you know, I, I, I've talked about this 70s era Oakland athletics a lot so far this season on the show just because of everything going on out in Oakland. But you can't talk about their history without talking about Vita Blue and, and what he was during that time. Well, sad to hear it. Rest in peace to Vita Blue, but let's keep this thing rolling right along. Cam, what do you say we get into some moments from this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history with a bit of a twist, as we like to do here on the show whenever we come across a holiday weekend. Now, this week's episode goes out to all the baby's mamas and baby's mamas, mamas, baby's mamas, as mamas. It, and as it is Mother's Day this coming Sunday. So if you happen to be listening to this on Friday when the episode drops or perhaps over the weekend, happy Mother's Day to all the uh, all the mamas out there. So one, you know, one cool tradition, of course, in baseball is that there's always plenty of baseball games on Mother's Day. And usually on that day, you see some nice tributes. You see pictures of players with their moms. Their moms might be in the stands. You know, the guys usually wear pink. And, and so I thought it'd be cool to kind of bring up some uh, some different uh, different on-field scenes that have happened over the years on Mother's Day. So the first one we'll talk about happened just last year. Uh, involving Juan Yepes and Jorge Alfaro. So both of them happened last year on Mother's Day and kind of a couple of cool stories to talk about. So uh, eight years had passed since Juan Yepes had last celebrated Mother's Day with his mother before he received his first call up with the Cardinals in early May 22. The, uh, by the time she arrived in San Francisco from Venezuela to see her son in action, Yepes had already checked off a few MLB first, including his first hit. But his first home run, well, Come to find out, Yepes saved it for when his mother was in attendance in St. Louis for Mother's Day against the Giants, hammering the first pitch he saw over the right field center wall. God, I love it. That's awesome. And so then just a few hours later last year on Mother's Day, Jorge Alfaro joined the celebrating in San Diego. So upon learning that he wasn't in the starting lineup for the Padres game against his former team, the Marlins, Alfaro called his mother, Consuelo Buevas, to wish her a happy Mother's Day. She told him then that he'd homer that day, and in the bottom of the ninth, her prediction came true as Alfaro entered the game as a pinch hitter and crushed a walk-off three-run blast to send the Padres to a 3-2 to two victory. Unbelievable. That's awesome. So uh, just goes to show, uh, Mama's always not. I, I I can think of at least one that's going to be clu- included in here, but um, but but I'll, I I I can't wait to see what you've got on the way. Let's see. Uh, here here's a memorable one, and I, I remember this happening at the time, and it's still kind of funny to think about. Uh, the Cubs and this happened in 2016. The Cubs and then manager Joe Madden made one thing clear when they hosted the Nationals for a four-game series in early May of 2016. They were not going to let Bryce Harper beat them. Chicago walked Harper seven times over the first three games, including one once intentionally, but took things to another level for the series finale on Mother's Day. Harper was walked six times, three of which were intentional, including a 12th-inning free pass that loaded the bases with two outs. He was hit by a pitch in his only other plate appearance. The Cubs not only escaped that threat in the 12th inning, but they also got the last laugh thanks to a Javi Baez walk-off homer in the 13th. 
And and to to digress from the Mother's Day thing for just a minute, I I feel like that strategy isn't employed enough. Um, what just walk just walking a guy? Yeah, yeah. Like especially in the postseason, like you get into a postseason series against, uh, say the say the Houston Astros, and Jordan Alvarez is is going off as he's known to do, and then hitting four hundred and fifty foot tanks left and right. Don't pitch to him. Yeah, like it seems like every every postseason. There's one guy who goes on just one of those tears and, and somehow people just keep throwing them the ball and, and I don't get it. Right. Well, I think the, the most, the most uh, memorable intentional walk, do you remember the, uh, the Barry Bonds intentional walk with the bases loaded? Oh, of course. <laughs> they walk them with the bases. Lo- what did they have a two run lead or a three run lead? They went, they literally just sacrificed a run and then got the third out and like it right. paid off. Which, like, when it pays off, you look like a genius. If that had backfired, oh, that would have been the—he would have lost his job. He wouldn't have made the—he wouldn't have made the plane home. He—he he would not have been allowed back in the visitors' clubhouse that night. <laughs> they would have just left him out on the field. He had to wander out through the center field gate. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, so we'll probably go ahead and jump into the one that you were referencing. We'll go back to 2010. Oh yeah. So. When Dallas Braden took the mound for his Mother's Day clash with the Rays in 2010, he did so with a 14 and 21 career record to go along with a 468 lifetime ERA. He had given up 11 hits in his previous start against the Rangers, and he had been tagged for six runs off of eight hits, just four and just four innings against the say Tampa Bay club 11 days earlier. The Rays, meanwhile, were entering with a major league best 22 and eight record. Over the course of the next two hours and seven minutes, Braden proceeded to retire all 27 batters he faced to forever etch his name into the big league record book with the 19th perfect game in MLB history. Ah, that was, it was such a cool moment. It was, it was. And, you know, I think it's made even cooler by the fact that now, you know, Dallas Braden is such a public baseball figure and is such a likable, eccentric kind of guy. He really that, is. And he, you know, and he's very open and honest about the fact that beyond that one Sunday in May of 2010, he had a very lackluster kind of career. Like he did not have an electric career by any means. Right. Um and so and, and I, I love I lo- that's one of the beautiful things about baseball is on any given day, the the 25th man on the bench can come in and do something historic. Well, I mean, think about the Jorge Alfaro fact from earlier. Exactly. You know, yeah. The man came on, and, you know, and, and hit a three run game winning homer. They were down two to nothing. This goes Amazing. to show you just you just never know. But, yeah, I think I, I think that for a guy like Dallas Braden, you know, he's, he's just such a likable guy. So it's cool to look back and and see that moment, you know, for, like you said, anybody can have that, that day. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it's been been too long since we've seen a brave have one of those days. I think, uh, I I think we're going to get one eventually. Gotta happen. I'm, I'm calling Spencer. I'm looking at you. (laughs) Well, that's uh, hopefully we'll see that from Braves Daddy. But for all the Braves Mamas out there, happy Mother's Day.
Godspeed. All right, guys, we'll be right back to take a look at the last week for the Braves and see what's ahead. You're welcome. (laughs) Blimey. That's the thing you fucking commentators can do. (laughs) On the fly, daddy. You can whip out an on the fly banger of a joke like that. Oh, let me tell you. Whereas that's why that's why I'm good at Twitter. Like, if I have an opportunity to write that thing down and look at it first, it's going to be great. But no, let me tell you about what I said the other night during the game. So, the umpire we had from behind the plate, his zone was insanely wide. Like anything near the outside corner was getting called a strike. He, right. he was wanting to, to get home quick. Something like that, yeah. And so at one point, I made the comment. I was like, and that pitch caught a corner. I think it might have been the corner of the left-handed batter's box, but nonetheless, it caught a corner. <laughs> <laughs> and my stepdad, like, immediately texted me and was like, I just busted out laughing at what you said. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, good stuff. All right, guys. So when we spoke last, we had uh, we had just wrapped up um, with a rain-shortened game in Queens uh, immediately before two rainout games. So we had a Monday, May first doubleheader with the Mets. We split split the doubleheader with them. Spencer Strider gets the win in the first game. Uh, Braves win nine to eight in a high-scoring affair. Alex, 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 wait. What? What? Carolina Hurricanes goal! In overtime, the Hurricanes take down the New Jersey Devils and advance to the next round. Okay. How are the How are the Blackhawks doing? Shut up. Okay. Got the first round. Got the got the first overall pick. <laughs> they sure do, buddy. Bedard season. God. Anyway, uh, that's anyway, look, look, they just scored in overtime. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I would have been excitement, excited. Excitement overwhelmed me. It's 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 been a minute since I've been able to get excited for hockey. So I'll I'll, I'll let you have this one. We 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 hurricane fans will gladly take you, sir. <laughs> All right. So uh, so. Where was I? Monday, May, May 1st, doubleheader against the New York Mets in Queens. Spencer Strider gets the start and the win in the first game as the Braves take it 9-8 to eight in a high-scoring affair. Take the loss in the second game of the series, though. Unfortunately, Charlie Morton does not get it done. Braves lose 5-3. to three. Luckily, they go from there to Miami, which is just a fantastic place to go get right. And the Braves do just that, sweeping the series, take a 6-0 win in the first game, 14-6 in the second, 6-3 in the third. Dylan Dodd taking his second career major league win in that third Miami game. Uh, Bryce Elder getting another great start. And might I add, Bryce Elder leads Major League Baseball in earned run average. Uh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I repeat, like, Bryce Elder leads 
Major League Baseball in earned run average. Average. This is this is insane. Yeah, it is. And like, especially if, if you're one of the, like the advanced metrics people, you're just like you're waiting to your for the stomach. <laughs> you're waiting him for doing what he's doing. You're waiting for the shoe to drop at this point because. Like some of his advanced numbers just don't look good. No, you know, he as... has he has objectively horrific advanced numbers, but he goes out there and gets it done. At least he has so I, far. I mean, everyone stat, hey, stat line doesn't lie. You know, it, it, I I don't know. Um, I'm like I am thrilled to death over how he's playing though. It, I mean, it's it's a miracle because here we are sitting here now, knowing that we've lost Max Freed for at least two months and we've lost. Uh, we've lost Kyle Wright for at least that, if not longer. And I mean, after after Strider and Morton, there are uh, a, a terrifying amount of question marks for us at this point of the season. Um, but knowing that we have Elder as a, a third reliable starter uh, is huge for us right now. Yeah, absolutely, it is. You know, it it does it make you feel all warm and fuzzy? No, but the fact that you can at least count on three guys to give you serviceable starts on the mound, right? And then, you know, we've seen flashes from Dylan Dodd. We know that he's, you know, capable of producing when needed. And, you know, they'll probably flex it to where he gets some of the weaker lineups to face. And then, of course, you know, you've got Michael Soroka waiting in the wings seemingly. Like, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like within the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to see him up on the main roster at this point out of a necessity. And I mean, at this point, looking ahead a bit, um, we have three open dates to fill in the next eight days uh, for, for starting pitchers. So I, I would not be terribly surprised to see uh, Dodd and Schuster get two of those. Um, possibly a third, but I, I think like you were saying, Cam, uh, me and just about every Braves fan on planet earth would love, love, love to see Mike Soroka get a start. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't necessarily like that first start. I don't care how it ends up going. Just no, no, I want to see him. I just want to see him on a major league mound. That's it. But no, so the, you know, th- this whole series against against the Marlins, I it, it just felt like we were really clicking really well. Everything seemed to kind of fall in place. Um, AJ Minter got back into form during this series and looked good. I, it was just a, a solid sweep and you know one that we really needed. And, and I've I think I've said it at least once every single episode so far this season, and I, I'll continue to say it as long as it stays true. Um, as long as the Braves continue to beat the teams that they are supposed to beat, like sweeping Miami, this team's going to be just fine, even if they do lose some games to the the Houston Astros of the world. And to that point, uh, following the Miami series, the Braves entered a stretch of games brought on by the competitive balance schedule. So uh, a run of AL teams for about two weeks. That started with a uh, a visit from the Baltimore Orioles, who uh, who Cam and I are big fans of, but not this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, Braves came out and uh, fell victim to uh, to Kramer, who is their good pitcher. Um, 
Yeah. And and, <laughs> and lost the first of the series nine to four. Uh, game two uh, went a little bit better. Uh, bullpen had to carry the load. Minter ended up taking the win. Iglesias gets the save. Braves wins five to four. Uh, Sunday rubber match. Braves come in, win three to two on a Michael Harris walk off in the twelfth inning. Tonkin gets the win in extras. Uh, Braves take the series from the Baltimore Orioles, who have been fantastic this season. So it's it, it's funny. I had to swing by um, swing by the radio station that I worked for a couple of days ago, and one of the one of the guys that works at the station, he is actually an Orioles fan. And like a true Orioles fan. And and so I put my head in his office while I was there and I was like, hey, you know, good series over the weekend, that sort of thing. And man, you can just tell that like that fan base is they are ha- they are truly happy to be where they are at this point. But he made the comment to me. He's he said, I kind of feel like I'm waiting to exhale. I mean, I you, get it. I I, and, I the series I get it could have gone either way. Yeah, I, I, yeah exactly. And and here and here's my thing about the Orioles that you know I knew coming into this series because I, I wasn't paying that close of attention to them, you know, other than you know the things you see on Twitter or, or you know the highlights you may see now and then. I wasn't exactly paying super close attention to them until that Friday night game that when they come in and I realized like, man, our records are not that different from Baltimore. No, and then well, you. You get through that series and you realize that, wait, Baltimore would be in first place in any other division except the two East divisions right now. Right, right. And and the thing is, you look around the rest of the American League East, every team is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single team. You've got arguably the best, uh, all, well, hard to argue, that's the best team in baseball in the Rays at this point. You've got the Yankees, who are obviously a threat in last place. Right. And even the Red Sox are good. And speaking of the Red Sox, they were hot on the the Orioles heels uh, coming into Atlanta for a Tuesday, Wednesday, two game set. Uh, Charlie Morton took the hill and gave us a great outing on Tuesday, letting the Braves win nine to three, getting the win. Uh, Nick Pavetta taking the loss for the Red Sox. On Wednesday, we had the bullpen game. Dylan Lee got the start and gave us a great two and two thirds innings. Um, Colin McHugh came in and struggled a bit, unfortunately, and uh, rest of the bullpen really didn't matter at that point because we were behind and it was not going to go well. The one thing I do get to talk about from this game, boy, Ronnie hit a nuclear strike. um, The likes of which we rarely see. Um, this yeah, don't baseballs e- don't go there. I don't even know where that ball landed. Like I know that ballpark like the back of my hand, and I can't even tell you where it went. It somehow cleared a corner of the Hank Aaron Terrace and like landed near the concourse down below that. That yeah, that might might have been in someone's room at the Omni. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, regardless, unfortunately, the Braves win or lose five to two, split the series with Boston. But, you know, with five games against Baltimore and Boston going three and two, you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah, you know, three and two against winning teams. That that's that's not a bad, uh, bad if, record. As, as long as you're sweeping the Miami Marlins of the world prior to doing that, you are in great shape. 
Yeah, I just I can't imagine if we had I don't know like a twelve game stretch against teams below five hundred and got super excited about that before it happened. I, I can't imagine <laughs> how uh, how we would do in that circumstance. Uh, well, funny you should mention it because the New York Mets had a had a twelve game stretch against teams under five hundred. Um, oh, they're they're not out of it yet. Oh, oh, they're still in it. Uh, yeah, how yes. are they doing, Cam? How are they doing? Um, they are now guaranteed a losing record. Guaranteed. A losing record through that 12-game stretch. And they have a four-game series coming up with the Washington Nationals. God, it's a fun time to be a Braves fan. Yeah, things are not going well. They have been shut out seven times this season. They were shut out a grand total of eight times all of last year. (laughs) Can Can I talk about Baltimore just for a little bit more? Oh, yeah, go for it. So I, I feel like, you know, we spoke really highly of them on the last episode. We were kind of doing the first month standings. And it, I don't know, man. They feel like a team that are just one big bat and one frontline starter away from truly contending. I, I'm going to I'm going to ever so slightly disagree with you. Okay. Um, I, I think their lineup is what it needs to be. Um, all, all I think their lineup needs is is a bit more time to grow because they're very young. Um, yeah. If I, if I have to go get two players to, to, not that the Orioles need fixing, but to put the Orioles over the top, I, I'm going and getting them two frontline starters because their, their pitching depth is, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I was like, I was impressed by their bullpen. Their bullpen you know, wasn't uh, bad, yeah. The, the that Cano guy that we saw on Sunday, that dude is just a force. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I like him. All right, so we wrap up our American League homestand and take the show on the road. Our first stop being Toronto. We've got a three-game set this weekend against the Blue Jays. Uh, we've got Spencer Strider on the hill for the first game. We've got Bryce Elder on the hill for the second. We do not know who's going to be pitching for the third, but before anyone goes and gets too excited about the prospect of Michael Soroka pitching in major leagues again and, and making his return in Canada, he pitched tonight. As we're recording, it's Thursday night. I do not expect him to be available for a 137 game on Sunday in Toronto. Yeah, seems unlikely. I, I would expect Dodder Schuster to, to fill that slot. Then from there, we travel down to Dallas and we'll take on the Texas Rangers, who are another one of the hottest teams in baseball. Uh, on Monday, we have an 8.05 start with Charlie Morton taking on Dane Dunning. On Tuesday, we have an open slot for the Braves and Nate Navaldi going for the Texas Rangers. And Wednesday, it'll be Strider going against Martin Perez. Hmm. That uh, that first matchup will be interesting because the Rangers are very high on um what's what is his last name again? Ravage. Okay. <laughs> why 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 do you do these things? Was it I, Dunning? Yes. Y- yeah, they they seem really high on him, and for good reason. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers and the Blue Jays are two teams that I am not terribly excited about playing and even less excited about playing on the road right now. 
Um, oh, remember the last time that we played the Blue Jays? Hey, you remember the last time we played in the Texas Rangers Stadium? Yeah, didn't go well. <laughs> we, we, we took that first game and then completely forgot how to play baseball the rest of the weekend. Guys, um, I'm, I'm just just prepare yourselves. There is at least the possibility with us having some of our pitching down and facing a couple of really good teams that we could be in for a bit of a rocky week. So hold on to your butts. We'll, we're we're going to get through it together. Gird your loins. <laughs> and we will be back midweek again next week with another brand new episode right here on the Fans First Sports Network. So for Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see you all next week. Bye. has been the chatting average podcast be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast and please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average we'll see you next week for another brand new episode